Welcome to Takedown Tuesday on Check with Chip. I'm Chip Maxwell. Takedown Tuesday is dedicated to the proposition that there are some people, causes, and arguments in need of a conservative body slam. I said yesterday that recently, every day has felt like Takedown Tuesday. Today, I round up various takedown items in the news and purge myself of negativity in preparation for Good News Wednesday tomorrow. Epstein revelations could cause trouble for others. There's a major takedown in the works in New York City. Federal prosecutors in New York say deep-pocket Democratic political donor Jeffrey Epstein sexually exploited and abused dozens of minor girls at his homes in Manhattan, New York, and Palm Beach, Florida, among other locations, using cash payments to recruit a vast network of underage victims, some of whom were as young as 14 years. That's from ABC News. The New York Times says, A trove of lewd photographs of girls discovered in a safe inside the financier Jeffrey Epstein's Manhattan mansion the same day he was arrested is deepening questions about why federal prosecutors in Miami had cut a deal that shielded him from federal prosecution in 2008. Could it be because Epstein was tight with Bill Clinton? The Clinton political machine is cranking out statements based on the Sergeant Schultz defense. I know nothing. Clinton traveled all over the world with Epstein on numerous trips during the time Epstein is alleged to have preyed upon underage girls. Clinton has been a serial sexual exploiter of women, a one-man war on women, to borrow from Democratic Party rhetoric. So it's natural that speculation runs to him as the Epstein mess spills into public view. Maybe, finally, Bill Clinton's rock star status on the left has been extinguished. Democrats jump on equal pay for women's soccer players' bandwagon. One of the chants from the crowd at the World Cup was, USA, equal pay, USA, equal pay. That was a reference to the fact that players on the U.S. women's national team are paid less than players on the U.S. men's national team. The pay plan was negotiated and approved by lawyers for the women players, but there has been agitation for higher pay given the success of the women's team. CBS says more people watch the Women's World Cup final this year than watch the Men's World Cup final last year. Hey, if women's soccer surges past men's soccer in generating revenue, then the women should be paid accordingly. But that day has not yet arrived. The 2019 Women's World Cup generated $131 million in revenue. The 2018 Men's World Cup generated $6 billion. The World Cup payment for men was four times more than the World Cup payment for women. But the men's event generated 46 times more revenue. The men are paid a smaller share of the revenue pie than the women get from their event, but of course the pie is much larger for the men, so they end up receiving more dollars. But it's a matter of economics. Ah, but the left never lets facts ruin a good narrative. Democrats in Congress, especially those running for president, are horning in on the pay controversy. 
Remember, for the left, there are no innocent, pristine, joyful moments anywhere in life, including sports. Everything must be muddied up and exploited for political gain. Every day truly is Takedown Tuesday for the left. One final observation on the Women's World Cup team. The team so passionate about cultural diversity and inclusion. One of the best American players, Jaylene Hinkle, was cut from the team during the tryout phase because she is a Christian who did not want to wear a jersey with rainbow numbers to promote the LGBTQ agenda. Apparently, a significant number of coaches and players involved with the women's national team are homosexual. For a decade or more, there have been stories in sports circles about heterosexual female athletes being bullied by homosexual female athletes, who apparently are a significant or even majority percentage of the players on some female sports teams. Hinkle did not denounce any of her teammates for their sexual orientation. She simply asked that politics be kept out of their quest to become soccer champions of the world. Why, she asked, are we making political billboards out of our game jerseys and picking this political fight? The poor woman got caught in the leftist political grinder. Everything, including sports, must be exploited for political gain. National Education Association declares support of all abortion. Why is the NEA, a teacher's union that shouldn't have anything to do with abortion policy, taking a radical stance on abortion? Because the left treats education as its number one means of indoctrinating the youth of America with the leftist agenda. You doubt that? Check this out. High school principal in Florida refuses to teach Holocaust as objective fact. A parent was concerned about whether the school was teaching the Holocaust adequately. These are the words of the principal. I can't say the Holocaust is a factual, historical event because I am not in a position to do so as a school district employee. Not everyone believes the Holocaust happened and you have your thoughts, but we are a public school and not all of our parents have the same beliefs, so they will react differently. This is the previous news item about the NEA being applied in the field. Intellect? Learning? Knowledge? Schools are indoctrination factories built on relativism. There are no objective facts, truths, or standards in life. There are no superior ideas. Everything is relative to what the individual believes, which means everything is equal. If I say the Holocaust did not happen, you have no right to challenge me with your so-called facts. If I have male sexual parts, but I say I'm a woman, you have no right to challenge me with your so-called facts. On and on it goes. It's great. You can claim anything with immunity from factual challenge. This is crazy. A professional educator ought to be a steward, a champion of objective fact and knowledge and historical truth. So many of them are the exact opposite. They are political hacks, afraid to call good, good, and evil, evil, and even fact, fact. That's why we 
have to be willing and able to deliver conservative body slams wherever and whenever they are justified in the circles of life in which we travel. This certainly is such a case. Pelosi comments spark feud with Omar, Tlaib, AOC, and Presley. It's reciprocal body slamming among House Democrats. The AOC rebels are furious with the Pelosi leadership for allegedly mismanaging immigration border policy by being too soft and too accommodating to the president. The AOC camp is blasting Pelosi in social media. Pelosi replied, All these people have their public whatever and their Twitter world, but they didn't have any following. They're four people, and that's how many votes they got. Ouch! There's a takedown Tuesday body slam. The media and other Democrats seem to be playing this loosely and flexibly. What's the best way to beat Trump? Is it the Pelosi old guard or the AOC new guard? If one clearly emerges as the better option, the media and the... The new guard certainly owns social media, their, their public whatever, as Nancy Pelosi called it. But this may expose social media for the deceptive fraud it can be. There was some truth to what Pelosi said. With bots and other digital tricks, a dozen people in a basement can inflate themselves into what seems to be a major national movement. So it's hard to tell what kind of following the new guard really has. Stay tuned. Starbucks store boots police because some customers did not feel safe. Five officers were drinking coffee at a Starbucks. This is in Tempe, Arizona. Their shift was about to begin. A barista comes over and says, uh, can you move out of this complaining customer's light of sight or, or maybe even leave the restaurant uh, because this, this customer is, is uncomfortable. Starbucks uh, issued a statement, we have a deep respect for the Tempe police and their service to the community. We've reached out to the Tempe Police Department and Tempe Officers Association to better understand what happened and apologize. We want everyone in our stores to feel welcomed, and the incident described is not indicative of what we want any of our customers to feel in our stores. Oh, my gosh. Do you remember when there were some black patrons, well, the problem is they weren't patrons. There were a couple of black guys who used the bathroom and sat down at a table and were having a meeting at a Starbucks. And finally, uh, one of the workers came and said, look, you got to buy a cup of coffee or you're going to have to leave. You know, you do need to patronize the store to use our bathroom and, and use our space uh, for a meeting. Well, it turned into this big national incident and Starbucks was shut down all over the country and sensitivity seminars were put on. Oh, my goodness. So are we going to have another nationwide shutdown of Starbucks for a sensitivity uh, training session on how to treat local law enforcement? Oh, my goodness. I am not by nature a boycotter. And I don't like the way regular people, the people with jobs at local sites, take the hit for decisions made by big shots at corporate headquarters. But I can't see myself spending a dime at Starbucks ever again. We don't need a seminar. <laughs> we don't need sensitivity training. How about just common sense? You asked cops to move or leave because they were in the line of sight of another customer? Did it ever occur to you, Starbucks, to suggest to the Snowflake customer that the customer was the one who needed to relocate or leave?
So no Starbucks. And it occurs to me at this moment that I am wearing a pair of Nike shoes. I don't know how old they are. I wear shoes, especially tennis shoes, until they fall apart. Uh, I know. I'll draw a Betsy Ross flag on each shoe so I can wear them in good conscience. Here's somebody with no conscience. Democrat congresswoman sending staff to Mexico to help Mexicans sneak into U.S. Representative Veronica Escobar took over Beto O'Rourke's seat uh, in the House in, in, uh, from Texas. She is sending staff, congressional staff, to Mexico's northern border town of Trinidad Juarez to find migrants returned from El Paso, Texas, under the Remain in Mexico policy. Then she's telling her staff to coach them to pretend they cannot speak Spanish, to exploit a loophole, letting them return to the U.S. Silly me. I thought members of Congress swore an oath to uphold the Constitution and the law of the land. This Congresswoman has deployed taxpayer-funded staff to Juarez to beat the legal immigration system? Come on, Texas. This traitor has to be defeated in 2020. Finally, also from Texas, police in Dallas locate girl who licked and returned Bluebell ice cream. She took a container of ice cream from the freezer at a grocery store, opened it, licked the ice cream, then closed the container and put it back in the freezer. I do not have the mental health credentials or the time to adequately identify and work through the issues with which this young lady must be struggling. I'll just call it a bridge to good news Wednesday that she has been caught. Although a local radio station here in Omaha has video of a copycat ice cream liquor caught on store video in Louisiana. Oh, good news Wednesday, you can't come soon enough. That's Takedown Tuesday on Check with Chip. I'm Chip Maxwell. Thank you for listening.